Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Technical Difficulties, the podcast. Um, today, I've got a great show planned for you. Um, I may have mentioned on the show before that I am a filmmaker. So today, I have a guest joining me today, uh, fellow filmmaker Jeff Cap. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Oh, of course. Um, so Jeff and I actually met because we we both work for the same company, and we kind of discovered each other, and that we're both into filmmaking. And then just recently, I worked on a short film with Jeff, um, a short film that he had written and directed. So, uh, Jeff, do you want to tell us um, a little bit about yourself and, and this film? Yeah, no, let's see. I, I got into the industry, let's say, five years or so now. Um, I, I was a musician, actually, before this. Uh, but then I kind of gave it up and I found out I was going to be a father. I kind of wanted to put all my focus on that. Um, and then when my daughter was about six months old, I want to say, uh, it uh, kind of, I needed a new creative release. And I ended up meeting my uh, co-owner of Visual, uh, Visual Entertainment, uh, the film company that I own. And uh, he was an actor and he kind of filled my head with acting stories and filmmaking. And uh, a light bulb went off in my head Then I wanted to try that. And kind of just took off from there what i've been running ever since and figuring out this whole endless world of filmmaking um so yeah that's kind of how i got into it uh but then the the film that you're referring to uh you came up with the title uh, <laughs> actually which i i love um and uh it was it was just a, a fun little thing that like i i knew that i wanted to try something different uh i worked with my daughter on one short film before and i thought she did amazing and she was interested in doing another one and she wanted to be creepier than last time <laughs> so we came up with this uh this idea of this little girl who is her first night in her new home she made herself a tent in her new room and uh she kind of realized that the new house noises that everyone is not used to may be more than what, you know, as maybe, you know, not so innocent as everyone else thinks. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of, it's kind of flipping. I want to say the, the monsters in your closet story, it's kind of playing on that. Uh, but we introduced a whole couple, a little level of a uh, demonic little uh, doll mask as well too. So it was a, it was a fun little shoot. Got to hang mm. out with you and Amanda, which was a blast. Um, oh yeah, getting to know you guys and working with you guys um, was was a great experience. I learned a lot on that set uh, <laughs> of you that you can have too many people on set, um, and such as which malaria, is, which which is a good thing to know now, considering you probably can't right do that again. <laughs> exactly, um, but no, it, it was a fun experience and like. Uh, christian who also was like our our main grip on that set he's mm. doing the editing of it right now and uh he's been um busy because of the whole you know covid19 thing his uh school work went all online so he's been a little bit busier than he thought so it's um he's getting it done he's working through it and cool. um should have it out hopefully hopefully sooner than later oh yeah no that's awesome yeah um yeah it was it was a great time on the set um yeah, it, I'm I'm really glad that we were able to like like hook up and everything because um, I like I guess around here like the it doesn't really seem like there's much of a like local film industry that uh, I guess that I'm really aware of. Like it, it seems like people like I guess around like where I am, they kind of like they don't really collaborate um, all too much. It's just kind of like, you know, they kind of do their own thing. It doesn't really seem right. like there's like a community as much. No, I, I get that too. I mean, around here is kind of the same way. Um, we have definitely people in this area that are interested in film. Uh, mm -hmm. When I think about Michigan as a whole, uh, I, I always take, I always run the risk of making enemies by this statement, but I've been coming out a little bit more and saying it like a lot of people want to talk about community, but they're still trying to put their foot on your face and get themselves higher up. And it's yeah. not, as as easy go lucky fun as everyone likes to claim it is right which is which is sad so it's nice finding people like yourself and amanda who are just genuine and they just love the art they love the process of it and you know you're there to help people and have fun and create something hopefully that's you know new that'll you know people will really enjoy and not worry about the politics of it oh yeah yeah, I mean that's that's why I got into it. Like when I 
I started out like when I was young, um, I inherited my dad, uh, my grandpa's old camcorder. And that's how I, I, I would make terrible, terrible, like home videos, um, like little, <laughs> little movies, um, which I, I, they probably go viral if I put them on YouTube. Cause they're just like, all just like so weird. And I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how we came up with the stuff, but like it, for me, it led to this like obsession with like movies. Cause like, um, I enjoyed movies growing up, but I never really like thought of like, you know, making my own. And then I got the camcorder and then like, I had this like dream, this like passion of like, I want to be like a filmmaker. And, um, in around 2007, I'm going to say that's when I started going to college, which sounds like so long ago now <laughs> and to like pursue filmmaking. I went to community college and like, um, when I was finally graduating, that's when like the Michigan film industry was like starting to take off and like all the films were being shot here. Um, so I took additional like film courses and all this stuff and to get, you know, to get my foot in th the door and stuff. And then that's when they took away the Michigan um, like tax incentives. All the incentives. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then like, I kind of just like, I, it's not that I gave up on the dream or anything. I kind of just like, you know, you know, this is just where life's taken me and I'm just kind of going with the flow. And um, it w really wasn't until um, the year before I met Amanda, because um, I I had been wanting to get back into filmmaking for so long. And I did I started doing the horror film roulette competition. And yeah, yeah. the second year I did that, that's when I met Amanda. And it, it just seemed like it was like kind of meant to happen because like like I like to write and direct and she's like cinematographer and editor. So like, yeah, <laughs> those work really it's well together. Couple, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's um, I'm very grateful for it. Like it's not, it's not very common. And um, so like, that's when I kind of like, I, I had like my aim for the head productions. That was like my old name and which I'm still using right now, but we kind of just like joined forces together and since then, like her and I, we've pretty much just been like trying to like, um, you know, build our portfolio, build our projects, you know, work on um, doing things like bigger and like better than before, but also like getting involved with people and like people in the community and like people, people like you, Jeff, um, because that's like movies, like film and stuff like that. Like it brings people together. So like, um, I, that's why I think it's important that, you know, like you mentioned, like, um, like there's politics in, in these things and like, there shouldn't be, it, sh it should be like a community where people are, um, getting together and they're collectively like working towards a goal of like crafting this thing and making it, you know, the best that it can. So it's a bummer how, you know, sometimes politics or people's egos and things like that can like get in the way. Oh, absolutely. I mean, with Locker 42, we're finding that out quite a bit by going out and, you know, experiencing more of the industry that we're in right now. And mm. a lot of things have already come up and I'm like, and it just, it kind of shies you away from it at first, right. but then you realize that you're, you're going to run into it wherever you go. That's why I can really appreciate the, the smaller communities that like you and I have found like within, within each other and our friends that are, are willing to help. Like I really appreciate that community versus branching out and doing this big feature and meeting all these other people that aren't the greatest people. Yeah. So it definitely right. really makes you, it makes you appreciate, you know, what we have so far. Oh yeah. Hey, and speaking of this locker 42, you speak of, I was actually going to ask you about like um, recent projects you have. So locker 42 is actually a, it's a feature length film that you're in the process of producing. Yeah, we are. Uh, the script's been done. We've done a lot of the late work getting it ready. Uh, the producers are out finding the the full budget that we want. And um, we've already casted some amazing people, uh, Some a, a lot of local talent that, uh, in my opinion, is probably the best talent that's out there right now um, in Michigan and probably several other places. But we also uh, have a, a name that we're bringing in that I cannot disclose at this point. Oh, uh, I think I mean you already know. Yeah, um, yeah, you already know who it is, but we can't say anything yet. Right. Um, 
So and that's the first time doing that type of casting, which is just blowing my mind too. Um, but yeah, no, it's this, it's this story that it started out, it was called storage at first and it was a short film that I wrote. And then I had the idea of turning it into like a feature of short, I mean, sorry, a uh, trilogy of short films. Um, and we're on set filming this and uh, one of the actors who is now actually an actor in the, in the feature version and a producer, Patrick Harney, he just kept bugging the crap out of me and saying, dude, this, this could be a feature, man. Why don't you write into a feature? Right. And at that point, at that point, we had just finished up with our first feature scapegoat and we were actually premiering it the next day. So we were trying to film this brand new short film in the same week of premiering our first feature film right. to the public. Um, so I'm like, dude, and we're coming off of this. Like, I'm exhausted from that feature. Like, I don't know. And then I want to say maybe about a month later, I called him up. I'm like, hey, guess what? I think we're going to make this into a feature. Wow. He's like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, Nolan Brand, who is a uh, writer out of Canada, who him and I met when we were previously hired to do a feature film down in Tennessee. Uh, we kind of linked up that way. I loved his writing style. Um, we, we, I approached him with the idea of writing uh, chapter two and three of this, this short film trilogy. And he was on board for it. And then that's when I sprung it to him that, hey, I, we're going to feature of this. Are you on board? Like, do you want to write this? And he's like, absolutely. So broke the story with him. He wrote, he did a lot of the legwork. And then I went in and I added a lot of the details that I, I knew I wanted in this film and so together we were able to come up with this 101 page script that we that is wow. now called locker 42 and it is my favorite script that i've done thus far um it's a it's a great story it's a, basically it's a, a crime thriller and it picks up uh basically the serial killer has been on the loose for about 20 to 25 years and um the film starts out with a, a case that is identical, identical to a case from 20 plus years ago. That was his first time killing. And it's uh, they bring in a new detective to help figure it out, to help the local police. And um, he teams up with the rookie cop in that in that local town. And together they uh, they kind of they clash a lot because the detective's kind of broken. He had just his, his partner before was just killed in action. Mm. So he doesn't want to work with anybody. Uh, and the rookie is fresh out, you know, fresh out of the academy, ready to go. And he doesn't want to basically hold, hold his hand, essentially. Right. Um, so it's the story of them uh, trying to break this case together. And there's a lot of twists and turns. And my, it's been my favorite twist. I mean, you and I, you know, I love twists in films. And oh, yeah. It, the ending is just it's one of those things that you definitely don't see coming. And oh, I, awesome. I, I can't I can't I can't wait to get on set to do this. Oh, right. No, I'm really excited because uh, I I love those kinds of films. Like I love like Seven and um, which Zodiac. Is, honestly, if if somebody were to ask me how I want this film to turn out, like what inspired it, Seven is my first answer. Mm -hmm. uh, it's definitely a David Finchner type film. Yeah, and it's definitely it's definitely led led that way. Right. So it, does it have a what's in the box moment? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, yeah, they open up a storage locker a couple of times and you know, what's waiting for them is kind of a what's, what's in the box type moment, I guess you mm -hmm. could say, <laughs> but no, no, no epic Brad Pitt streaming what's in the box, unfortunately. Yeah, that, that's okay. I think, I think we're willing to forgive if you don't have uh, Brad Pitt in your film. <laughs> I mean, he might be the name that I don't disclose. I'm kidding. It's definitely oh, not Brad okay. Pitt. <laughs> God, if I mean, we had that budget, that'd be news man, to me. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, that'd be, yeah. That'd be news to me. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, when did this happen? Um, so um, one of the, one of the projects that I was in, like we were actually in production was the, the English breakfast. We were in the process of filming it. We did like two full days of shooting and like, it was great. Um, we only had like another weekend to film. And that's when, um, this like COVID-19 thing was getting like more serious and we kind of like I was like you you know what guys like you know because we had like almost like 20 people on set and I was like I feel like it would just not be a good idea for us to have everybody on set right now I feel like we you know it'd be good for us to just kind of wait and um, we've been waiting um, <laughs> <laughs> like I was kind of hoping we could finish 
um, wrapping up this month because we wanted to, you know, start submitting it to like festivals like this summer and like start moving on to like other projects. But it's kind of like, it's kind of in limbo. And I was kind of, um, I mean, I'm, I'm still like uh, upset because like, I don't know the actors we got were just like so so awesome like I loved working with them and like I'm really uh I'm I'm just really looking forward to like finishing this um I think that's been the biggest thing is that um like I was like almost there like I was almost you know I was almost able to see like my film finally like happen and then like this COVID-19 thing happened <laughs> and yeah and then 2020 smacked you on the side of the face and mm-hmm. oh yeah no, I was excited. Yeah, it smacked us all. Yeah, no, I was excited for that too because uh, your last couple, your last weekend, I planned on coming down for. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I was bummed. I was yeah, able which to come was, down there. Yeah, that was like April, and and then we we had talked about like picking it back up um, this month, which I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, we already like filmed like almost half. Um, I've never really come across that where I, you know, I would have to like, I, I don't know, I guess I'd have to get really creative or you'd I, have to I would... limit your shots and what you're exposing in the frame and to, to, to show location. And yeah, no, that's, wow, that is terrifying to even think about because you don't want to go <laughs> yeah. back and do reshoots somewhere else, especially because no, I, I remember no. the photos you sent me of that place and that place was amazing. It is. It, it like the, the house, like the, the reason why, like, I can't really accept us filming anywhere else is because in this house, in the room, which is like where like the main character who's like a psychotic, she's like psychotic, psychotic murderer, basically. Um, the room that was supposed to be hers that we were filming in, in real life, it was known as a death house <laughs> or I'm sorry, as a death room. Yeah. And it's where like the the owner of the house or like somebody who lived in the house would actually go in this room to like die. (laughs) And I was like, how fitting is it that like our murderer, that's like her room that it, you know, you couldn't have planned it like better than that. And that's why I I can't accept us filming it anywhere else. No, I mean, hopefully the owners will be okay with it too. I mean, I mean, well, I know a couple of people that are actually currently filming right now, but they have their crew plus mm. cast underneath 10 people. So if, there, if there's a way that you yeah. find a stripped down crew to the bare minimum, oh, abs- then absolutely under 10 people. Yeah. Like, have everybody but the uh, actors wearing a mask, anything just to, you know, to help ease the owners if they needed it. Oh, yeah. And I mean, if we have to stand at the door and like screen people like, you know, <laughs> kind of oh, yeah. like we're doing at work right now like have yep. you traveled <laughs> have you uh any symptoms anything like that my um, favorite is i'm day willing two. to do whatever my favorite is day two when we did ask that question have you traveled internationally actually yeah last night i just decided up and go to italy great yeah. great country but now i'm back yeah <laughs> yeah great great food yep great yeah the airport looked great the terminal was awesome i turned around came right back home right it wasn't even open Nope. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I and I don't I don't know realistically who's going to want to travel right now. It just it, that's yeah. Like I, I I mean there's probably that one person, but <laughs> like I'm I'm just looking to I'm just trying to get to like you know, we can get to like the next the next chapter and we're all able to kind of like kind of resume like our lives and everything we're doing because like um this year I kind of like like I had like a lot of things I wanted to do, like, you know, film and like, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to get into more like commercial work and then this kind of like put the kibosh on things. Um, but I'm kind of glad, not that I'm glad that this happened, but I'm glad because like it encouraged me to start this podcast. And, and then just like a few days ago, I had this epiphany is like, you know, I, I want to publish my own book. I saw so I, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been like, I've been I've been writing that, like I've been working on that. And like, I, I feel like this is not that this situation is good, but like the good that can come from it, that it's able to like encourage people to like, you know, get creative and find ways, find ways to like spend their time that they can like pursue their passions and like the things that they enjoy. Like that's to me, that's really good. To, I mean, it's, you know, to come from this, it's that silver lining that we all have to to find right now. I mean, 
it's it can, oh, be, for sure. it can be tough at times. I mean, I, I told you last week this thing finally got to me, but in you know, in lieu of everything, I've been writing a lot more. Like I said, uh, Shane and I, uh, the producing partner, uh, we started writing the next feature, and that's been fantastic. And then, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it here in a second, but you and I are, are working on something like it's just finding the time oh, yeah. to do what you can and explore the options that maybe you didn't have time for. I mean, I, I shot a, a, a what a three minute film with both my kids during all this. Right. And that was a lot of fun. And that was something that, you know, that we had the time to do it. And it was, it was a cool experience for, you know, everyone there. Um, but what I'm interested in is, I mean, I want to circle back to it uh, from, from before yeah. is have you done any editing with that English breakfast yet to see what you've done? So I think what they're planning on doing is cutting together like a little like teaser kind of thing using the footage. Yeah. Um, so I've gotten to see, I've gotten to see the footage. There, there were some shots that were like some of my favorite that I've ever like been able to like film. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm like very excited to see it like kind of all put together. And, then, and that's the worst too. And you get those shots, you're like, yes, I can't wait to show that to people. And then all of a sudden like, no, it's going to be months before this even reaches. and yeah. Right. It's, it's definitely a pain, but I'm just glad that we can, you know, that we can still, like, have other projects and things to look forward to. Um, um, specifically, I know you mentioned the, uh, the Pied Piper script, which is something that you and I are working on and have been working on. Sorry, the Pied Piper of Hamlin, which um, I'm sure most people are aware, but I've actually met some people that, like, didn't know like what that was yeah I, I, I was under the impression that everyone knew but now when talking about right. it to people and pitching stuff like they were like I what, what are you referring to <laughs> yeah. yeah I guess it's just um because it, it's one of those stories you hear I, I don't know it's 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 not like a Hans Christian Andersen or like the the Grimm Brothers Grimm or anything like that but it's kind right. of in like it's in that kind of in that though. vein yeah and um, so for those of you that might not know, uh, the Pied Piper, it's, it's a story about this town in like Germany where um, this town had a plague of rats. And so this Pied Piper, he was this, this man in colorful clothes with like a pipe. And he came and he offered to help get rid of the rats because they were carrying like disease and stuff. So they said, all right, if you do this, um, like, you know, we'll pay you. And so he played his flute and like got rid of the rats and then he comes back and it's like, all right, now I want to get paid. And they're like, ah, no, like, we don't want to pay you. And also like, you probably brought the rats here anyways, you know, just yeah, being flipped it up. Just, just, right. Just being straight up rude. And so he's like, all right then. And then like the, the version of the story I heard growing up is that the Pied Piper came back to the town and he started playing the flute and then the children in the town followed him Yep. And they were like never seen again. Yes. And th that always like, that always like, I don't know. It really spooked me as a kid. Oh no, definitely. I mean, and then once, I mean, when we started diving in, doing the research, like learning that, like what I think the street that uh, one of the main streets now in Germany is basically it, it's what is it? The meaning is the the street with no music or something like that. Like they're yeah, very like you're not allowed it. to play yeah. music. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's it's intense to see, and they they uh, they actually like put the story up on um on stained glass inside a church, but then that church ended up burning down, and so like the mm -hmm. the real record of what happened has it's kind of been lost, but all these stories have been kind of passed down and changed up throughout the times, the generations, right? And, um, so yeah, the whole thing definitely interested me um, to to want to touch more in in depth on that. Oh yeah, and it's it's also like surprising that something like this has gone so so long and so many years. Something that has such potential that we haven't really seen like um not that I've seen. I've I've never seen like a Pied Piper like film or like anything like um really like using the story quite like this. Yeah, I mean, well, we we talked about it Shrek was the only thing that's done it at a decent Oh yeah. at a, at a decent rate. Um, um I mean, I mean, that's just because Shrek is like, you know, top tier. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Those movies were fantastic. <laughs> I, I actually really like the Shrek movies, except the third. The third, 
is all right, but I actually really like uh, the first, second, and the fourth. Yeah, well, third was what? The final. But that's more of a personal thing. What was the third one? Like the final ever after or something like that? Um, Shrek the third. That's the thing about it is that it's so forgettable. Like nothing really happens. It's just like a retread of Shrek 2. And then Shrek Forever After is the fourth. And that um, is when like they have kids. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that one. You know, I mean, especially being a parent, I definitely like that one a lot. That was, <laughs> that was, that was, that was one, probably one of my favorite ones. That in the, uh, I think the second one was, was up there as well too. Yeah. No, I, I, enjoyed, yeah, they, I enjoyed pretty much all of them, but I can't remember for the life of me, the third one. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's very it's very forgettable. Like I uh, I watched because you know with all this going on, we've just been like binge watching movies. So um, we ended up binge watching um, the Shrek movies, and I was surprised. I was like, "All right, these movies are like really good." Like I know there's been a lot of weird internet memes and stuff, but um, we watched the first and second, and then the third one, like right off the bat, like even from like the very beginning of the fi- of the film like i was like all right i can tell this is already like not as good because <laughs> the i guess it's like and i don't want to go too much on like a shrek tangent but like so those movies are great because they take like pre-established um tropes like fairy tale stuff and they like play with them and like kind of like poke fun at them right. and and that and that's what's great and then in the third one they it's like, all right, so you know these characters. Now you're just going to see these characters do stuff. It, it, I don't know. It just felt, like, bland and, like, cliched and, like, um, not that I'm, like, Mr. Highbrow or anything, <laughs> but, like, there's a reason, like, no one really remembers the, the third Shrek movie. Yeah. No, I get that. <laughs> But anyways, uh, but yeah, Pied Piper. Off of Shrek, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, Piper was like that was like just, I think that was something I came up with. I want to say earlier this year, and then uh, when you and I met up and we we did the uh, the Antimask film, um, I think that's when I pitched it to you. Either it was either it was on set there or shortly after, or before, mm-hmm. or before, I can't remember. It was right around that time, but. Uh, yeah, it was somewhere around there. You and I seem to have the same type of taste in film and the genre that we are currently in. Um, so it just it just felt right to, to want to try to collaborate on 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 this topic. Oh right, yeah, and like I think we've done a pretty good job at like, I mean we're still like in the developing stages, but I feel like we kind of like understand like where it's going and. Um, I'm like really I'm pretty excited to see like how this could how this could turn out um and like if we have like a solid like short film version and if people dig it like it would be awesome to kind of keep it going right and you know turn it into a full length at some point oh definitely I mean there's so much so much content to that story already that's there that that without us injecting what you know our side of it and our 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 story that we want to tell um yeah there's there's just a lot of content there um that can easily be turned into a feature but like i said i mean like you were saying too like definitely for the short of this it's going to be impactful it's going to be powerful it's going to be you know hopefully it's going to be something that you know sticks with people and uh, we did a little bit of a following and we've already talked about there's an ip out there already for it so um just but not in the sense that we're going to tell i think it would be just a great story to tell since it's never really been done. Um, I guess on such like a big scale, like such, such a focus on the character and everything, everything about it. So like, it would be awesome to be able to like write this and then just kind of see, cause you can, t- you can already see like this, there's so much potential and everything. Like the story is pretty much just kind of writing itself. Right. Yep. You know, the, the ideas, the and, ideas that we've had, of, you know, from our last meeting, um, it, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm very excited uh, to really dive, you know, further into this. Um, this is this is like my attempt at a segue here. <laughs> um, so if we do if we do end up producing it, so like I 
um, I, I consider myself, you know, like an independent filmmaker because like everything I've done, like I have pretty much like financed myself. So like, um, Jeff, you're, you're, it seems like you're getting more into the big leagues. <laughs> you're, you're actually having like budgets and like things like that. Um, which is, which is awesome. And what I'd like to talk about next is just the topic of like low slash no budget filmmaking. Um, cause in order to like, kind of get to the point where like you have a budget where you have investors and people interested in like investing in you and kind of thing, you have to kind of start somewhere where you're either filming with, you know, the, the little money you have or no money you have or whatever equipment you have. So I kind of want to talk about like, um, like our experiences with that and, and what we can tell like um, young and up and coming filmmakers who like want to make their own films. Right. I mean, I, I'm thinking back to the first thing that we ever shot and it was quite literally, we spent no money on it. We had, uh, we had the guy, uh, Noah, who was the co-founder of Vigilant uh, Entertainment. It was him. He had his camera. Mm -hmm. I wrote the script. I was directing it. And then we brought in actually Shane, who is now a co-owner of Vigilant Entertainment. He was our one actor. And we shot it, like you said, for no money. And we were there. And it was just, mm -hmm. it was such a learning experience in, in the sense of like, we knew very little about how to correctly light a scene. And we had, like, it was that shot at, at you know, 3 a.m. in the morning and where's the light coming from and i was like let's bounce the light off of the ceiling but that as you know is the dumbest thing you can do because like why is there light coming from the <laughs> ceiling when it, it's, yeah it's just, we, it's just we learned a lot and like but we spent no money on it our next film that we did was a short comedy and we spent that one we out of our own pockets probably spent gosh maybe a hundred dollars i think oh nice. and then we fed the people um that were there mm -hmm. but a lot of it was just which is always a good oh, thing yeah to do. i mean if you can't afford to pay them <laughs> feed them uh anything that you can. right um and that's how give them water please yes, water any 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 like ask the question what do you guys like to eat and drink because that of that alone yes. will go a long ways if you can't truly actually pay <laughs> them um but uh, yeah it was just it's i think the a lot of the stuff that i personally i like to do the lower budget stuff because it challenges me creatively to see what we can do with such a little to no budget but make it look like we've had double what we truly had um the best example i can give is our feature scapegoat we did that um man i really hope my distribution company doesn't want me to conceal all this because i've said this a lot we've we we created this film <laughs> with about $5,000 total. And it was a feature film um, that was, again, feeding people and, you know, providing on-set stuff, um, very little pay. Like, in, and trust me, some of those days were long days to where we had the best crew and the best cast that I could ask for for my first feature because they were so understanding and they gave such, you know, everything they had. They, they gave it to this film and I can't wait for people to actually be able to see it. And, but when we, we premiered it at studio C two sold out showings of this thing in one night. And after each showing the handful of people either raised their hands because we did a Q and a, or they came up to us and they're like, that was amazing. Like how much money did you have in that? Like 25,000. I'm like 5,000. And we had somebody there who was, a, uh, who were, who reviews Michigan films. And he's like, that was only $5,000. And I was like, yeah, he's like, honestly, man, I've seen almost every mission premiere out there. And that looked better than a lot of the budgets that have double that or triple that. And that's what we wanted to, to strive to right. do. And um, I think so far we've, we've done good. I and mean, we've obviously, we're learning a lot along the way of, you know, we generally do everything with just what's in our pockets. Uh, we don't really, fundraise for a whole lot of stuff to this point i mean we did a short film that we got two thousand dollars raised for that um but everything the anti-mask the uh the one i shot with my kids come find me um ever after which is an award-winning short drama all that was done with probably less than 150 bucks for each project so it's just mm -hmm. fun to challenge yourself to to really use what you have to to make uh, to make the best oh, yeah. thing that you can. I mean, I hear people say it all the time. It's not about the camera. It's not about, you know, the equipment. It's about the story and how you aim the camera that you have it.
Yeah, it uh, it definitely also it helps too to like if you're passionate about something and you're pursuing your passions, like, um, like I I feel like people can tell, and so like when it comes to um, I guess making like your first your first film, like whether it's short film, feature length, or anything, um, like my advice is just just go yep. out and make it, um, like you know just pretty much stop what you're doing, go out and make it. Um, because you, there's always going to be reasons to like, not do it or, Oh, I'm not going to have time. You can't do this. Like we have so much at our fingertips now. Like you can literally make, you could probably, you could probably shoot a film and edit it on oh, your absolutely. smartphone. Um, I'm, I'm not saying a, like, a, a short film. I don't know if you can do a feature length, but, um, we have so much at our fingertips now. And like, I just encourage those to just, you know, just watch movies, read, read screenplays, write your own screenplay and just make your own film. Um, don't worry if it sucks. Like, honestly, if it sucks, yeah. that's a great thing because there's, there's always going to be things you can learn that you can improve on to like get and better it, on. And if it sucks, um, admit that it sucks because that's when you learn. If you, if you openly know yes. that it's bad, figure out why it's bad and the next project play off of that and, and, focus on what was bad from the previous project and focus on that little aspect to make it better this time around. I mean, that's what we do with every single project we do. I'm sure that's something that you identify with as well, too, is I find the thing that I hate the most out of mm -hmm. my last project and I make sure I don't do that again. That's, that's a very important uh, point you make, Jeff, is that like you need to like, so it, like if something sucks and something doesn't work, like, um, don't, don't just be like, like, Oh, like, no, like, you don't know what you're talking about. Like take the feedback to heart, um, and keep focusing on making like each project better than the last, because that's, that's how you'll grow. Um, you know, as a filmmaker, as an artist, whatever it, you really need to listen to like what people are saying, because if you don't listen to what people are saying, and let's say your goal is, I want to be this like successful filmmaker. Well, if you're not, if you're not really paying attention to what those around you are saying, like how do you know you're going to make things that are going to be enjoyed and accepted by like a right. wider audience is the, is the way that and, I look and please, at it. And please don't be ignorant to the fact that it's not good because it's, you have to just know that at some point it's not going to be good and it's okay. It's okay to have it be a complete failure in your eyes because that, like I said, that gives you the motivation next time around. And that's like, you learn more mm -hmm. from failing than you do from, from your you know successes. And that's the one thing that I will carry with me every single day, every single film project is that I will learn more from the littlest mistakes that I make on set and in decision-making that will impact me the most. I, I really like that point. And that's something that I, I actually wanted to touch on is that it's okay to fail. It's okay to fail if you're making something and you can tell it's just a failure, all right, finish it, release it. Just, just, just admit it. Just like, it's, it's okay. Like, I feel like we're, uh, I don't know. I don't know if, what it is exactly, but like, we're just afraid of like failure and like, Oh, I don't want to put this out here because it's horrible. Like people are going to hate it. Like it's okay if it's bad, if it sucks, like just, just put it out there because those experiences are going to help you grow and they're going to help you um, get better. And if you, if you keep just putting yourself out there and keep trying and taking the feedback to heart and you keep working hard at it, like you will succeed. You can't let like just one thing, like, because like one thing you did, like didn't turn out the way you wanted. And then you just like, don't, don't let that like make you give up, like just keep trying keep working hard and like you, you There's will gonna succeed. be little gems in every single thing that you do that you just absolutely love that will make it worth it if it's even if it's in your eyes a total failure there's gonna be some little gems in there that you just love i'm thinking back to like the first the comedy short that we did friendly advice i got the, that whole thing that we did it just we again lighting was a huge issue that we didn't grasp grasp just yet um but the writing was good the acting was good and there's lines and there's jokes in there that just hit and there's those little gems that you just have to hold on to because that'll just make it worth it completely. No, absolutely. And like, and, and I, I did watch those. It was like a, the one that was like a series of short oh, films. Yes. I just, I broke those, I broke the those comedy. up into clips and I, t I took, 
I can't for the life of me find the actual full short film because honestly, if I could, I would, I could, I would love to release that again, just to show people where we've come from. And, but no, those, those, those scenes were just ones that I just, there's something in each one of those scenes where I absolutely just loved either. It was a joke that hit so well. It was how they acted. Um, the bar, the bar scene was probably the only scene in that film where cinematically the lighting, everything was on point. And that's what I loved about it the most was that one felt right. Mm-hmm. Um, but then other scenes were just the the comedic aspect. There's a scene with uh, Shane, who is, again, who's my producing partner, that he just plays one of the, the worst, funniest person I've ever, I would ever think about in a story. And his vice, how awful it is. Uh, he's the brother that nobody wants, but a lot of people have. And it's, uh, he just, he mm-hmm. did so well in that. And that's still to this day, my favorite thing I've seen Shane in is that. You know, I thought he looked familiar when I was watching it. Like I, I, I couldn't piece it together. Cause I, yeah. I've met him. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I'm he was, pretty uh, sure. yeah, he's, uh, yeah. he's my producing partner on everything that we do. And he was, he was on okay. set for, uh, Animas. Cause I watched, um, when I was watching it, I was like, I feel like I, I recognize <laughs> this guy. <laughs> and now, now I'm finally putting it together that, yep. okay, I have met the guy and that's your yeah, like, producer. producer yeah. I'm trying to get him to actually be in more stuff. He actually, we got him to, we wrote a small part in locker 42 uh, that he's going to play. And it's going to be almost as epic as his character and um, friendly advice. Yeah, it's just, oh it's just like a small little cameo. <laughs> it's a small Can't wait little to cameo see that. that he does, but he's just gonna. It's. I mean, this isn't a comedic film. Locker Forty Two is not a comedic film, but we definitely have the one-liners. We have the things in there that'll you know give you a good chuckle because I want the audience to experience the whole range of emotions in everything that we do, you know, feature-wise that we can squeeze into it while it makes sense. Um, this scene that he is, it's uh, he's gonna play right. uh, uh, a person in a police station that I don't want to give too much away. Uh, but he, right. He's a master at improv. And so we wrote the basis for him and he's just gonna, he's gonna take it from there during the scene. And it's, it's probably, it's probably going to be, it's one of the shortest <laughs> scenes that he's in, but it's probably gonna be one of my favorites. <laughs> I already can't wait to see it. So, um, on that note too, um, so uh, as far as like future plans go, so you're in the process of like, you're, you're pretty much like getting ready to, to, to film this when you can, um, anything, um, anything else like in, in the near future, um, of like your, your future plans, like projects that you have? Uh, I, mean, see, I mean, I always, I'm a true believer that you always have to have two to three projects on hand, ready to go at any time. Let's just say one, one pops off and it does well. And somebody comes to you that, you know, is the gateway to the next big thing. And they're like, what do you have next? And if you say nothing, then all right, well, your shot's blown. So um, I always try to have at least two to three projects. Right. Uh, so the Locker 42 is the next one that we want to do. Uh, we are the closest to doing that one. Um, finalizing funding investors, um, finalizing cast. And then as soon as, uh, you know, this band gets lifted and we get what we need, then, um, yeah, we want to we wanna hit the ground running with it. Uh, originally, we wanted to shoot it in fall. But again, with the delays of everything, we might be pushing until next year. We'll just have to roll with the punches and see what happens. Um, besides that, obviously, we've already talked about Hamlin, mm-hmm. the, the Pied Piper story that you and I are doing and developing. Uh, then Shane and I just mm-hmm. recently started um, breaking and writing the, the next feature script. Uh, we have it titled uh, The Long Way Back. Um, it's definitely, it's, in a, it's not in the genre that, scapegoat or locker 42 or any of our horror short films are in is completely different um and i'm i'm extremely excited about that the script is coming very naturally it's uh shane has a lot of great input and it's honestly this is the first time writing a script where shane and i are basically working side by side on it which has been a great experience so far i love getting him involved in you know in the process along the way um he's he has such a good mind creative mind that it's good that we uh, can collaborate on this together um, but like I said, we're releasing an anti-mask hopefully here in the next month or so, as soon as we can get that edited. Um, and then besides that, it's just, we, I have a lot of ideas floating around a lot of, a lot of starts and stuff, but, um, 
you know, you know how it is when it comes from being, you know, creatively, it's just whatever it is, makes the most logical sense to do. That's what you kind of roll with. Um, still is in uh, three festivals still, um, <laughs> still um, going on right now. Uh, so those would be, you know, be shown at those. Nice. Good night. You is in a bunch. Um, Come find me, which is the one I do with my kids. That has actually been accepted into three festivals. Which I never, I never actually intended for that oh, to nice. be in there. We just shot it for fun, and then Shane's like, "Here's the money. Throw it in some, you know, festivals and see what happens." And you know, three we're in that so far. So um, one of them, my daughter's nominated to be a, for best actress, which is I thought was awesome. Yeah, I thought that was really fun. Oh wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's yeah, she really was great. talented. I hope she continues to to want to do stuff with me. Um, but yeah, like I said, we, I just, I have a handful of, right. you know, shorts that I have two shorts that are completely done and ready to go. And then others that I have the, the starts to, and we'll, I mean, we'll get to those whenever time allows. No, that's awesome, man. I'm, I'm really glad that you've been able to just kind of like, um, plug yourself in and like, just, and because you have so many things going on, like, it doesn't seem like you would ever really get bored. You will, you know, that there's there's something going on like pretty much all the time that's, not, um, that's how i like things to be it's just, right I, now I like to have several things uh, just to, to always you know my mind's always racing so it's it's nice to have all these projects you know collab collaborating with you on oh, this right. on, on the piper collaborating with shane on you know the next feature film it's just it's it's great to have those things right there i like having my you know my hand in you know several different things sometimes i tend to get overwhelmed so like i i kind of have to like pace myself um, but also like in the, in the same time, like I like to leave myself open for like, you know, opportunities that come up um, right now, like, you know, collaborating with you, um, working on my, my first book that I'm aiming to uh, publish this year, um, doing this podcast, um, waiting till we can finish my film. Um, I have some other scripts and some other ideas that I, 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 I want to say they're at the point where I'm ready to just like, you know, go and film them. But um I'm just trying to like right now focus more on like making connections and like building, um, I don't know, helping like build a network so like I can start making my ideas and like dreams happen. That's kind of like where, right. where I'm yeah, at. No, definitely. I, I understand that completely. Uh, there's times where I feel like I'm overwhelmed, but I just, I'd rather be busy than, you know, than have free time. Like even if I have a day off or like if I go, if I take a vacation for no reason and don't actually go anywhere, I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> like, I, I, I typically always have to be ready <laughs> on something. Like, when I have my kids, you know, three days out of the week, it's it's all about them. But like the moment they go back mm. to their moms, I just hit the ground running. Yeah, I think I think that's where you and I are very different, Jeff. Because like I, um, I don't know, I'm I'm definitely more of like an introvert and I like to have like my, my free time. Like I have to like be able to unwind mentally um, because for me, like I have to, I have to do it to like help create balance. Um, so I'm not like overwhelmed. So like, it's definitely like, it's a mixture of trying to like be like super motivated and like work on these projects and like um, make things happen. And then also like finding time to like unwind and like, um, cause I, I like to have quiet time. Like that's, I'm, I'm just a bit of a quiet soul. So it's like, I, I, I think I've done a pretty good job at just finding like a good balance between See, things. And that's why you have a fiance and more friends and I am single and have no friends. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know that. <laughs> oh, buddy. Yet, and I know it's something that I need to work on, but, uh, I have not found that magical formula uh, quite yet. I mean, when it comes to my kids, yeah, I found that formula, but it's, past that it's it's one more thing to try to balance and um yeah i definitely have not found that formula outside of my kids yet (laughs) and even with that i mean (laughs) i include my kids and my daughter's been in three of my films now so i'm just kind of like blurring those even together so i guess i'm losing that formula a little bit more well i think like this is the way i look at it is that if you are pursuing your passions and you're doing what you love that those things will just kind of happen like naturally like I was like when I met Amanda, I, I met her when I was like trying to like, I want to be, you know, I want to make some films and just so happened. She ended up being the cinematographer on my film. Like it just kind of happened and it, it happened while I was like pursuing what I like. So like, 
I, I wouldn't be discouraged, Jeff. I, I encourage you to just keep doing what you're doing. And like, you know, who knows? Maybe you'll meet <laughs> a cinematographer yes. on your Yes, please on come one of your projects. and do the you things that know. I don't want to do the most on film. All right. <laughs> that would just be fantastic. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Jeff, I really do appreciate your time and, um, and being able to like discuss film and like um, projects we have and like what inspires us and everything like that. Um, so yeah, I, I'm really glad I was able to have you on here. Um, and I also want to thank my listeners for checking out this episode of technical difficulties. I love doing this and I know it's been a couple of weeks since the last one. I've just been busy lately writing my, you know, just little things, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, well, like I said, you know, it's, it's about that balance. Um, but, um, but yeah, I hope this has inspired you to go out and start making your own movies. Um, in you know as we've been talking about whether it's with little or no budget um and and sometimes you know doing it with no budget is can be more fun because you you don't have like pressure, that much pressure that much pressure it, i would it, say it, you're still open create create uh creatively and it's yeah it's just there's no there's no limit to what you can do when you just go out and do your own thing and just to, to plug an app oh, yeah. if you download filmic pro on your iphone that is a amazing app for filmmakers and it just really it kind of upgrades your your camera and the quality just a little bit more to give you a little bit you know better image um when you're you're making your own film i um, i actually did not know about that and i'm glad you mentioned that because i'd I like uh, yeah it's, it's i'd fun, like to uh, check that out shot a couple things like just like little home videos for the kids just to learn about it yeah no it's a really cool app dude it has a lot of features mm-hmm. to it um doesn't doesn't take up too much space on your phone oh either. wow but it definitely, you, you can shoot 4K with it. You can do, um, there's exposure settings. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's cool. I definitely recommend downloading it, giving it a try. Just go around the house, make, your, make up your own little film and just test out all the features and see how awesome it is. No, I'm definitely going to check it out. I really appreciate you uh, telling me I mean, I found that. that, well, I think a couple months ago is when I found that and started playing around with it. But yeah, anyways, thank you so much again, Jeff. I'm, I'm really glad you were able to take the time awesome. to, uh, to spend time, with me dude. on my show here. a lot here. of fun, man. Yeah, of course. I'll have to have you on again soon, and we can uh, you know, talk about yeah, where we are with the story and whatnot. Projects, then we can uh, swing back to it, especially the English breakfast. Oh, uh, yes. I can't wait. But anyways, um, again, thank you so much for uh, checking out this episode. And as always, I'll catch you on the next episode.